My dear sisters and brothers, no matter how old we are, no matter how young we are, we're always changing. Tell me about it when I got into my 30s and something happened to my gut. And no matter how much exercise I did, the Gertz's gene are going to win. Because the Gonzales are like this. The Gertz's are like this. (laughs) So no matter how old we are, no matter how young we are, our body and our, is always changing, for better or for worse. Some of the younger ones are celebrating their pecs and their muscles and stuff, and some of us are seeing them waning away, seeing them disappearing into fleshly stuff that just hangs around under our arms. And we tighten T-shirts, and we have those T-shirts that suck it all in, that I can't breathe with. I don't have one on today. I used to a while ago, gave up on that one. But for better or for worse, we are always being shaped, formed. We're always being molded. We're always being influenced and transformed. Again, I say for better or for worse. You know that it is the same thing with our spiritual life. No matter how old or how young we are, our spiritual life is always experiencing changes. We're being shaped. We're being formed. We are being transformed into the image of Christ. That happens whether we know it or whether we don't know it. The good thing about it is that we know that that can happen. And we know that spiritual formation can take place. So our duty, as we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit, is not to try to achieve them as something to achieve through psychological or strong effort on our part, but rather it is the process of us hanging out with God, living our lives in God's will, hanging out and experiencing the triumph God in our lives, and those attributes, those virtues will grow in us. But the one thing we can do is to open ourselves, is to open our hearts, to open our minds to that influence from God. You see, it is intended from the beginning of creation that you and I were not going to have our opinion to live our life the way we want it. Sounds so anti-American. But guess what? The gospel is not American and it's not subject to any constitution, not even the constitution of the, US, of the PCUSA. <laughs> it's not bound to that. I think I said what I had to say about that issue. <laughs> I think that was it. You see, but we were called, we were baptized into Jesus Christ so that as Paul says, these are two statements from Paul. You know why I'm not putting the references? Because I want you to find them. I'm not putting there. I know where they're at. One's in Galatians, the other one's in Romans. That's all I'm saying. Okay? But Paul's mentality and Paul's purpose for you and I in the church was not to come and warm up seats and go gossip about everything else that we saw that we didn't like or we didn't understand, but it is so that you and I will have the 
life of Christ in us. This is Paul speaking to the, to the Galatians. I suffer every day. I go into pains every day trying to figure out how the life of Christ can be in your life. I can identify with that suffering and that pain from Paul, trying to figure out every week, how can I speak? What words can I use? What illustrations, what means do I have at my disposal so that the life of Christ will be your life. Likewise, Paul says in Romans, for these, for those who God foreknew, he also predestined. And us Presbyterians stay there. There's more to that. Look at it. The whole idea of foreknowing, the whole idea of predestination is so to be conformed to the image of Jesus. It's so that the love of Jesus would live in you. The joy of Jesus would live in you. The peace of Jesus would live in you. The patience of Jesus would live in you. That's the idea. That's why we then open ourselves to God through scripture, through reflection, through fellowship, and above all, through service and mission in the community. That's what changes our lives. That's how then we can talk about joy. That's how then we can talk about love. Now, interesting, if you look in, in, in the Galatians, our main text for the whole summer, which is Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, they say the following, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's bad grammar, according to my teacher, because there's a whole series of things there. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit, it should have said, for the fruit of the Spirit are. But you know why? It begins with love because love is the essence of joy. Love is the essence of peace. Love is the essence of patience. Love is the essence of kindness. Love is the essence of goodness. Love is the essence of faithfulness. Love is the essence of gentleness. And love is the essence of self-control. When you look at the description, artistic descriptions of the fruit of the Spirit, you will find many descriptions to be a vine of grape. Why? Because they're all grapes. They're just different kind of grapes. They're all love. But they're manifested and they flourish into our lives through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You see, we are not trying to tell you how to achieve these virtues. In no way can we convince you to try to grow in these attributes by yourself because we are not able to shape and mold our spiritual formation. God is the God that shapes us. God is the God that changes us. God is the God that transforms us. God is the God that forms us anew in Christ Jesus. So there is something that is produced, flourishes, and something that we live into the fruit of the Spirit. We cannot do it on ourselves. We cannot muster it through energy, through effort, through that stuff. Actually, one of my teachers, John Ortberg, who was my teacher in seminary, John Ortberg would say that, that there is a difference between Christians trying to do things, listen to this, versus Christians being trained to do things. We can waste our energy in trying and trying and trying, 
But what we know that the essence of our lives is God and God's love, then we can stop trying and just get trained by the Spirit of God because it is in us. The fact that Christ Jesus lives in you means that all these attributes, all these virtues are within you. How come you're not living them? Mm, that's another story. Maybe another summer series. Whoops. But the reality is that by one thing, that we can do one thing in order to receive, in order to grow into the fruit of the Spirit, and that is to open ourselves, creating a space for ourselves that we can be with God. But today, I want to talk about joy. And one of my favorite psalms begins with a very radical anti-Presbyterian thing that says, clap your hands, all you people, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. That's not very Presbyterian. But I am in a Presbyterian church that loves the Word of God. I am in a Presbyterian church that loves the move of the Spirit. So how about if we say that psalm, clapping? Just leave me. It says, clap your hands, all your people. Clap your hands, all your people. Clap! Clap! Clap. Now, how about shouting? Is that going to be more difficult? Check it out. 47.1. Check it out. 47.1. It says, shout to the Lord. Shout. What would be a shout of triumph? What would that be like? Woo! We made it, right? Can we do that? Nah. Look, I'm nervous. I'm twirling my shirt. Soon I'll be fucking on my thing. <laughs> no. But that's the joy that we have. And today's message is joy. Breezes of joy. Show it. So I'm asking you to show it a little bit. So clap to the Lord with shout. Woo! We've done it. Amen. Is it snowing in hell? I'm just joking. This is the freedom that we can have, obviously. We do it in order and decently so that everyone can experience the joy that God has to share for us. You know, it is the joy in the spiritual. Joy is a spiritual manifestation. Listen to this. Joy is your spiritual manifestation of your pleasures with God. I'm going to say it again. Joy is our spiritual response, a spiritual reaction of us having pleasures. John Piper wrote the book, The Pleasures of God. And God is a God of joy. The three scriptures that were read by our sisters today, all of them end up in joy. All of them finish with a rejoicing element. Heaven is a place of joy. Did you know that? Heaven is a place of joy. The kingdom of God should be a place of joy where not only do we get it, but we can share it. So sometimes if we get joy, look, it says joy. So if you get joy, Mary, get joy. Uh, She didn't catch it this time, but she can still try. She can still be trained. Pass it on. And she passes the joy. How about over there? Catch the joy. Now how about pass it it backward? I ain't looking. Share the joy. You see? And joy in the simplest things of watching a flower, in the simplest thing of watching 
as you go by looking at a bird flying, that is, Joy, look at you. I lost all of your attentions here. Boom, there you go. <laughs> okay. We won't be hurting any. But you see, in the simplest of things, in the simplest of things, we experience God's pleasure with us. In our response, if you would look at all of your smiles today, this is a picture day. To see all of your smiles, why? Because we threw beach balls in church? No, because we are a family and we experience the joy of the Lord in fellowship. We experience the joy as we share the joy with one another. You were passing and smiling to one another. That is the joy of the Lord. That is the experience that Jesus would like us to have every day, almost every moment of our lives, no matter what happens in our lives. Oh, we get bad news, but the joy is our spiritual response to your pleasures and my pleasures with God. You see, joy is acquired in the smallest thing. It is not produced by Disney, Google, or Amazon always. It is being and enjoying the pleasures of God. Others, by knowing God, by serving in God's name, looking at God's goodness in our lives. Have you ever sat down as you're having your meal and suddenly that potato acquired a different taste that you, hmm, it made you smile? I cooked some eggs this last week for the camp. And boy, did I have a line of kids wanting some more. My secret was don't add any salt to the scrambled eggs. Just add the bacon. It has enough for everybody. And they loved that. It was the pleasure. I had so much joy watching the little kids coming back to the kitchen. Pastor Edwin, can I have some more eggs? And what do you think I did? Like a good Jewish, Italian, Puerto Rican father. Have some more, have some more. The more the better, the more the better. Joy, simple as we drive through the streets and see the flowers as they bloom, as we're coming now in this hot season, and yet we see the people outside more than inside. Does that bring joy to your heart? In fellowship, the pleasures of being alone are good. The pleasures of being with people are good. In those moments, do you find the joy of the Lord in your life? Do you see the love of the, the joy of the Lord as you approach the unlovable, as we serve the hungry? I know that the people that go to the extension, they keep on going and going and going because they enjoy the joy they see of those men receiving the food they bought or cooked. I don't know. <laughs> the desserts so, some of you so generally send over. It's joyful. It's joy to be in service. So I'm telling you, but they are people out there who are joy-challenged. They're like black holes. You know what? Black holes in space, they just suck everything out. And they leave you without any joy whatsoever. We got them. I know. And sometimes when I select my joyful day, because I have a spiritual practice of having a day of joy, 
That day of joy, I will wear my hair whatever way I want to. That day of joy in my life, I will wear the clothes that I want to. Many of you might not see me. That day of joy, I will eat what I want to and I will thank God. So I do practice a day of joy in my life. And when some of those joy sappers call, says, I'm sorry, I'm enjoying my day of joy. I cannot hang out with you today. You're not going to sap it away from me. Wait till tomorrow. Nah, it hasn't happened yet. But I'm waiting. Because there's something in finding your space. And making sure that God and you are in that joyful space. The bubbles are merely a metaphor for joy. There's something light and airy about joy, right? There's something very simple about joy. But there are people who just sap it away from you. They take it away from you. And you know what? You can get some more. You can get some more. There are some joy zappers, but I know where you can get some more. <laughs> they can take it away from you, but you can get some more. Oh, this is just a, a, an illustration of really where you can get some more. It's in Jesus, in the source, in the love of Jesus, in the love of God. You will always be able to get some more joy. It's my favorite one, by the way. Lemon. There you go. So, my dear sister, my dear brother, what are we bitter about? What are we angry about? What are we sorry about? C.S. Lewis, the great theologian, said that the joy is the serious business of heaven. That joy is the serious business of heaven. God is a joyful God. God rejoices in the joy of his people. In the worship of God's people, he rejoices. So separate a day for joy. Separate a moment for joy. Express the joy. Show the joy to others. Because you know what? When you live the life of joy, others will be attracted to you. There is two advertisements for Christianity. The best advertisement, and some of you may have heard this, for, for Christianity, the best advertisement is joyful, joyful, light, hopeful, laughing Christians who are hope-filled, who are joy-filled, who are enthusiastic about their faith, and no matter what's going on in their lives. Likely the worst advertising for Christians are judgmental, somber, self-righteous, nasty old Christians who are always looking what to look at them. My sister and my brother, you were made for joy. Can I say that again? You were made for joy. You were made for joy. Can we own it? And now we say it in first person. I was made for joy. I was made for joy. Dear God, we thank you for your joy. 
But we also have laments. We also have concerns. And even though we know that your joy does not depend on our circumstances, it does block us sometimes from experiencing it fully. That is why I think you have given us the ability to go before you, O God, and lay our burdens before you. Give them unto you because you are the only one who is able to do so that we can go back to the business of joy. Thank you, Lord. We, we, we present our ladies, we present our men, we present those who are homebound, we present those who just got the letter from their car insurance that they're not going to be insured anymore, and thus they cannot come to worship. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds to this community that we can welcome the old, the young, the black, the white, the Hispanic, the whatever, that we can welcome all to all you have to offer to all of us. And as a diverse family, we can walk hand in hand together, clapping and shouting your praises as you have taught us this morning. But we thank you above all for Jesus Christ who said those amazing words that he is teaching us all these things so that his joy may be in us and that his joy may be made full in us. And who taught us to say this beautiful prayer as we say together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debtors as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.